Welcome to Courageous Conversations with your host, Richard Dolan, a world-renowned speaker, mentor, and coach to many celebrity icons and global thought leaders. Listen as they share their stories and insights about what it takes to lead a courageous life, from overcoming adversity to living with purpose and meaning. Each guest brings a unique perspective that will leave you feeling empowered and motivated to make positive changes in your own life starting today. Let's give a warm welcome to our very good friend, Marlon Wayans. What's up, big guy? What's up, man? How you doing, bro? Hi, everybody. Oh, damn, you got a whole squad here. Oh, dude, this is my whole extended family, brother. I told you I got an eclectic group of people. You sure do. What's happening? I'm good, man. How are you doing? My only brother in Toronto? That's right. I'm, I'm holding it down. All right, good. Multicultural, little, little brown crowd. How you doing? What's up? Hi, everybody. Uh, we got we got brown. We got velvet. We got vanilla. I mean, we got yeah. Germany in the house. You've got, got cream. We got everybody. Damn. I mean, it, it's, it's a true shaking. It's I'm a shaking bake. It's a shaking bake. So, so Marlon, how you been, man? Where you coming from? Uh, just left New York. Just got off the plane, headed to the crib. Uh, I was doing stand up in uh, Philly. And New, Jer- New Jersey, and it's outdoor stand-up, which is weird. Um, and just like small crowds, like, you know, under 200 people, you know, social distance. Um, but I learned something. I learned that if you have a, a microphone, some lights, a stool, and some drunk people in a stage, I can make people laugh. And that, that, that's good to know. And it's funny because people need to laugh. And like, so I'm, I'm excited, you know, to continue going out and touring. Well, you know, uh, for a lot of people that, that don't know you, that do know you, got to know this, that uh, you've got all corners of the earth represented here in this group in a very small, live, intimate chat with the Marlon Wayans. I showed them a clip of your upcoming production, Respect. And before I get to that, here's what I've got a lot of for you, and that is respect, a lot of love. As I've gotten to know you through a mutual friend, um, it's amazing that you're not just a comedian, you're not just a producer, you're not just a writer, an actor, and all those wonderful things. You're far more cerebral than that. You're deeper than that. Uh, and it might be because it comes from Elvira. Um, no, mom. Oh, my mom is amazing. You know, she's, and definitely, that culture is definitely my mom. The spiritual is my father. The culture and 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 the dream the dreamer and the big personality i have is definitely my mom and the, and the, the decent looks if i look like my dad i'd be in trouble big trouble that it's, it's been said by the way it's in my mom wikipedia. my mom prettied my dad up like 10 times yeah no it's in wikipedia that's for public knowledge that if this man took after dad we'd be he'd be ruined it, it says it there oh it'd be, a, it'd be a rap i would never i would never make it in a magazine <laughs> but 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 all but all kidding aside, I mean, how, how big of a deal? I, I mean, for those who are watching this, and of course, for the hundreds of thousands that watch the recording, and I'm grateful for your time. I know you're you're in the middle of two places. You're on your way home. You've been away for a while. Uh, so grateful, humbled, of course. Um, I want to share something. So I'm going to go deep, real fast, and then we're going to talk about some other lighter things. But um, one of the most amazing things about getting to Marlin at this particular time of my life was that that he and I um, lost our moms in around the same time. And what's amazing is that if crisis and crucible moments are Damn, back, accident. Dang. Oh, look at that. Right in yeah. front of you. Oh, I want to oh, you crying. Are, are you okay? Get out and ask them. Oh, I'm fine. Oh, good. We almost got good. them on earlier, but, you know. All right, so I'm back. No, it's good. It's good. So, so um, yes, oh. I lost my mom. You lost your mom. We are in the dead mama club. And we, I had, 
I lost my mom first, so I kind of got a lot of my crying out. It just doesn't stop. You just keep crying, by the way. I cried last night for like 20 minutes, and I was just it's like a, a rain shower like in Maui. It comes, and then it goes, and then you're back to sunshine. And you don't know when it comes. It's unexpected. But when you lost your mom, I had to reach out and uh, check on you because I know what it is. I know that deep pain. There's no pain like it. Like, I'd rather somebody rip a tooth out my mouth with no Novocaine than to ever experience something like that again. Well, and that's what I wanted to get to is that I want to make sure that everyone understands that, that aside from the celebrity that Marlon is and the genius he is in the world of comedy, he's a real human being and a stand-up guy. I mean, I remember I was leaving my father's house and I get a call from him and he's in Mexico. And he's like, yo, man, I'm just checking up on you to see how you're doing. Now, I, I haven't known Marlon very long, but in the period of time I've known him, I mean, that's deep. I got close friends I've known for 20 years who've not yet even called me. And well, I, you know what happened? You got jumped in. You were in the dead mama club. And we in the dead mama club, you get jumped in when your mama died. So <laughs> I have compassion. I know what it is. I know the, the pain that you must be feeling and the emptiness because I've been through it. And every phone call counts, man. Every time someone checks in and just knows, it just for a moment, it's just like, oh, you know, as a, as a human, you just go, thank you. Like when, when my mom passed, Everybody on Instagram, I got so many thank yous. I'm still returning them. Like uh, three months later, I'm still getting like messages that I, I, I got back in June that I haven't returned. And everybody sends me a, a condolence. I, I, I try to reply back. It may take me a few years because there's a couple hundred thousand of them. But I, rep I respond back because everyone lifts you. And I hope that I, you was lifted in that time, brother. No, 100%. 100%. And that's why I wanted to say that. I mean, you, you, you're no stranger to beginnings and endings. I mean, you know, when, when you and your brothers were, were, you know, at the top of your game with In Living Color between 92 and 93, I mean, you had great films like Batman Returns and others. Uh, I mean, aside from the fact that, that even one of your closest friends with, with, with Tupac Shakur, um, where that tragedy after the Mike Tyson fight in Vegas, I mean, you're no stranger to pain and hurt. Um, how has that shaped you as a human being, as an actor, as a producer, as a writer? Um, I'm just grateful to still be here. And I just learned how to navigate. And I've also learned how to take the most painful things and find the funny and find the joy of every experience. Because life is food. People are food. Your experiences and relationships are food. The, what's good is going to, you, you, you're going to digest into your system. And that's why you meet people. That's why you date people. That's why, you know, uh, in life, everything is food. And you never look at the, like, you never, like you eat something. You never look at the toilet and go, hey, look at all that shit that I let out. What, I wonder what's in that. Nobody cares about the shit. The only thing that matters is the nutrients that stays in your body. And that's the same thing with relationship. That's the same thing with love. That's the same thing with friendship. That's the same thing with family. Through this journey, everything good, I'm going to embrace and I'm going to hold with me. And whatever's bad, I'm just going to shit out. And it's, it's not going to affect me. But the good, the nutrients, that's what I hold with me. And I'm not, that, I just keep a smile on my face. I don't worry about the negative shit. You're, you're, you're a wise cat. I mean, even wiser beyond your years. You know, at 48 years of age, born and bred in New York City, uh, proper. I mean, you're known for- well, You got my Wikipedia right in front of you. <laughs> no, heck yeah. I, I, I ain't coming unequipped. I'm here, I'm dressed to- impress. Don't listen to everything on Wikipedia. They don't know shit. 
No, they don't. They said I was married. I was like, shit, never. No, 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 no. I don't say that. But but aside but aside from all the wonderful uh, things that you've done between Scary Movie and, and White Chicks, what was the most memorable part of of your career so far? And let's not talk about the projects ahead because that's a whole different chapter. But what what were you most inspired by or moved by that you've done already? Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm, everything I've done, I've been, been inspired and moved by. So it's like kids. I can't choose one. They, they, I've had great experiences in every movie I've I've done. Um, don't be a menace will always be special because that was our first one. Um, and we got it done and the work we did shaped, uh, you know, we had to do 26 drafts of don't be a menace. It was work. Everything is work. White chicks. We only slept two hours a night because we pushed our call time. We forced our call time to get the production done under budget. Um, you know, and, and talk, uh, and talk about the supplements. But Marlon, huh? to, to interrupt you for a second, because when we had dinner once, you, you, you cited some numbers that talks about some of those franchises, how big they were, and the world doesn't know that. How, how big of a franchise did those become? Uh, I mean, if you look at the scary movie franchise itself, it's a, over a billion-dollar franchise. You know, that you know that little... We made that movie for $19 million. It made, I don't know, 300 and something worldwide before all the other ancillaries. It made like 160 here, 167 overseas. Frozen signal, folks. This is another moment where a host of a great interview starts to get nervous yet again. He'll bounce back. I, well, so I, I, we've been fortunate to be successful in terms of always making people money and not, we don't lose a lot of money. Yeah, I may lose you going up the hill. Oh, he's going up the hill. So, folks, for those who don't know, he's heading up Hollywood Hills, and that's like a that's like the the signal dark zone for those who don't know. There is Marlon again. There we are. What's up? So, I'm big fellas, you're back. You're back. You're back. What we kind of grabbed and heard was every single production you've been a part of, and every franchise that you've developed. They they were mega hits. They did they did absolute fantastic. No, not everyone. You got you get your bombs too. Bombs happen. You can't go without a bomb. You're supposed to have bombs. And the bombs teach you things, you know, everything is a lesson. So, but we just, you just try and limit how many bombs you have because as a brother, you don't get a lot of chances. Um, so we try to limit those. I'll hit you back in five minutes. Go buddy, go. Cause I think I lost you. Um, I mean, the last time we did this was with Victor Belfort. Y'all remember that for those who were here, UFC champion. I mean, that was a tough one too. I mean, he, he had a, he had a more horrible signal and it, and it was so bad. We had to do it on another day. Um, but I know exactly where he is because where he is, is where my place is not too far from each other. So where he's going to go, he'll call back and, uh, he'll be right back. I will open the lines to a handful of questions. And I know that the Sundar family are dying to say hello, take a little bit of a family shot if you'd like when he gets on the line shortly. So you guys will be first out the gate, but if you guys have any questions for Marlon, uh, by all means, get yourself ready. Uh, cause we'll make sure that we have that there. So just put your hand up inside of your uh, little box there. It's a feature hand up. Then I'll be able to see across the gallery uh, for those who have a question. But I want to show you guys something because it's amazing to get a sense of what it means to be from New York City and uh, how big of a deal that uh, that he is and has become in the world of comedy. And of course, as I'm tap dancing, uh, the computer's not cooperating. So I'm going to do it in a different way. Um, who here would tell me uh, what you what role did Marlon Wayans? Let's see if you you know your Marlon Wayans trivia. What role did Marlon actually get, in fact, picked for, but did not get to appear on? Anybody? 
it was Batman. Batman Returns. So for Batman Returns, what was amazing was that for him, he was actually selected to play a particular role. And as a result, he wasn't able to, in fact, play it because the production went with another actual director. And as a result of that, they actually, in fact, recasted for the actual roles. And so there you have it. He was supposed to be, in fact, in two Batman movies, but he only was, in fact, in one. So I just fixed the technical difficulty. Montel, I see you, buddy. Um, I'm going to tee you up after Vincent Sundar's family. So here, I want to show you guys with something. Y'all see me still? Because, you know, a part of me is just flying by the seat of my pants, holding the space and tap dancing all at the same time while trying to look for the video that I just lost. So let me see if I can pull it back up. When those kids were playing, mm -hmm. that was me. This is my summer camp. I would like to introduce to you all an old friend and a continuing friend of Hudson Guild. Everybody, please give it up for Mr. Marlon Wayans. come here just basically to talk to y'all. I went to Hudson Gill when I was a little boy. If you see what I do, you can do it too. And I grew up in the same bricks y'all grew up in, but I made good choices, I kept good friends, and I stayed out of trouble, and I worked hard. I'm gonna let you guys ask questions. I'm gonna start with you. Are you making a secret Are we making a secret wax? Do you guys wanna see a secret wax? Yeah! Well, if you spoke, would you do it? Are you and your brother competitive on how me and my brother were never competitive in a negative way. It was always trying to better each other. When it came to the joke, we just wanted to be the funniest. Do I have a Lamborghini? No. I'd much rather take and buy, like, my sister a house than to buy a Lamborghini. That's just a waste of money. You said you went to Hudson Gill when you were young, right? Do you know that they're, like, tearing down the gym? Why? This is what I'm summarizing it as. They said, new community deserves new things. I, I do not believe that that is the case, but we can talk about that later. The gym does need renovation, though. No question about that. Okay, well, we can, we can work on, on getting that done. We'll talk, and I'll, I'll help figure out how to help that. Isn't that cool? You all know what he ended up doing? Can anyone guess? He cut a check. That guy was the guy that actually gave it back. He just wrote me and said, I'm coming back in. So uh, as he comes back in, we'll get straight to it. But for me, what I want to find out is just what does he do now? What, what does it take to live a 10X life as an actor, as a producer, as a comedian? Because this guy's traveling during a time of pandemic. I want to find out what his routine is. We want to find out just what it takes for him to maintain that pace. Um, and it's really important because I want to find out as busy as he is during the pandemic, that he, in fact, can share a little bit of it. Um, I mean, Naran, you got your question in the queue. Uh, I don't see that there. No, it's a good question, Naran. So why don't you get in the queue? I got you under, uh, under Montel. Okay, buddy? Give me a thumbs up if you hear me. You know, for everybody that's here and understanding that the principles behind Courageous Conversation is to be able to open up my world so it can become a part of yours. 
And that's really kind of a, the ethos of what makes us rock at 10X Life and Headquarters, right? Is that everything that we're doing, we want to share with you so you can get doing it too. So it's not good enough for me to have these relationships. It's not good enough for me to have this access. I want to be able to share that. Because what good is it that me posting pictures and videos and bragging about these conversations if I can't share them with you? And that's important. I mean, there's people like Kyle on the phone here and uh, Jay, it's good to see you. I mean, Ken is here. There's people here who I've shared that with, you know, that they've been able to meet people, whether it's uh, big speakers or big celebrities or big politicians, because that's what I do. I like to share it. And especially with my 10X family, it's even more important to share it. Ain't that right, Kaya? So with my friend, uh, obviously taking his time, Troy, you got a question, right? Around movie prep. I'm gonna make a note of that. I might have to go straight into questions given the fact that he's taking a bit of time to get back. And as soon as he does, we're going to have to go straight to questions. So that way everyone can get a question in with him. Yes. All right, good. So one of the things that I want to make sure that you're writing down right now so that this is beyond just a conversation, it's also a learning opportunity, is success leaves clues. You want to write that down. You know, for the young people that are watching right now, and for those who are learning still, you got to know that success leaves clues. When you study great people, and it doesn't matter what they do, they could be actors, they could be comedians, but they could be business people. They could be politicians. They could be entrepreneurs. They could be someone that was very old or someone that's very young. When you find someone that's successful, you want to find out what they did. And it's not that you want to imitate them. You want to emulate them because you never want to give up who you are. You want to be inspired by who they were. And that's important because you don't want to give up your self-identity. You don't want to give up what it is that you believe in. You don't want to give up your voice. So you want to keep your voice, but speak louder and be clear and more inspired given theirs. Does that make sense? Give me a thumbs up, everybody. So when it comes to listening to celebrities, when it comes to listening to actors or athletes, movers and shakers, innovators and disruptors, and especially for all things courageous conversation, it's about being able to find out what is it that they're doing that I can learn one thing from. So you want to write that down, one thing. You want to be able to pick up on one thing. One thing that if you picked up on it would really leave you inspired. Now I know Marlon's back in the house. What's up, big guy? I'm good. What's happening? I'm good, man. I'm grateful for you to be back. And I'm grateful for you to be spending some time. I mean, you got people from all around the world here listening in. Um, and I thought, you know what, in, in, in the short period of time that we got left, because we've caught you in transit, are you comfortable taking questions from around the world? Asking cool. you questions? You cool with that? Yeah. Yes. All right. So, 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 so Marlon, thank you. So As long as they say it in English or Portuguese. They don't say it in English. I, I know I barely speak English, so that's okay. So we've got the Sundar family in from Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. They have the whole family here. They're all fans of yours. They want to say hello. You've got Marlon Wayans here, guys. How's it going, Marlon? I'm good. How are you doing? Good, good. It's an honor. Sundars. Yes. Such a pleasure. Got the baby girls. Hi, baby girl. The boys are off somewhere. We don't know where. They just... They're boys trying yeah. to find ways to kill themselves. They kind of... <laughs> Pretty much. That's, that's what you're a boy's like as a father. I, my son, I spent my, half my time as a father trying to stop that boy from almost hurting himself some, some way, somehow. It was yeah. get down off that. Hey, don't put hit yourself in the head with that bat. <laughs> hey, man, get the knife, put the knife down. Don't put it in the socket. Everything was don't kill yourself. Every day, every day. Yeah. We have a question for you. Um, how do you find balance in such a busy life? Uh, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm a doer. I'm not a thinker. 
And so I've learned that I've been very blessed to have um, kids that aren't needy. They understood at a young age that when my kids was born, I was in the middle of doing white chicks. Was, was so, my, my, my son, my daughter was like three or four. My son was like one. And so they've known me to do nothing but work. And I think I'd make time to be like, you know what? I'm going to take this weekend and we're just going to chill out. Or once I'm a fly in for the day and we're going to do dinner. I'm a presence in their life. And I think that um, balance is something that, you know, depends on how much you want to be balanced. I love working. And so for me, that that's a happy existence. I like to work. I like, you know, traveling. I like, you know, I've learned it's okay not to work every weekend. Some weekends I take off and go, you know, what, I'm just going to chill. Or I learned COVID was one of the, uh, for quarantine was one of the best things that ever happened because it took away my FOMO. I always felt like I was on the go, on the go, on the go. And then God was like, stop. Yeah. And I had to sit and do nothing. And I got to do things I normally would never do. I, bar- I would bring good meat over to my kid's house and I barbecue. I would, I put a fix, fix something in a house that normally that's been broken for, I can't say how long. I learned to sleep later. Like I don't have to go to the gym every day. Like it really, you know, like I said, it's food and the, the nutrients that I got from quarantine, it was a terrible thing, but it taught me to slow up and it's okay. Yeah, for that's sure. Amazing. Thank you. Sure. Just it, a follow-up question to that though. Um, as far as legacy goes and, and you leaving your legacy behind, um, what does that mean to you? Um, legacy for me is like, look, we got one shot at life. What do you want to be remembered for? I want to be remembered for putting smiles on people's faces. And when I'm gone, I'll still be living because every time someone turns on something that I did, you know, I would have left my mark. I would have made them smile. I would have made them laugh. They could have been having a terrible day and, you know, white chicks comes on and they just crack up. And then for that moment, they forgot all the things they were depressed about. And I Love Lucy always did that for me as a kid. Honeymooners always did that for me as a kid. Every time I turned it on, I would just laugh. And you know what? I always feel like Lucille Ball has never died. She's still with us because she still makes me laugh in black and white. And that's why I want to leave behind, you know, I want to leave behind smiles. I want to make your day better. I'm not going to change your life, but I hope to change your mood. Definitely do. Thank you. Love that. Thanks, Sundar family. And you, you got that, man. I mean, it's all about how you live, how you lead, and what you leave, uh, which is shaped by those things. Hey, listen, Montel, you've got uh, Marlon Wayans here. What's your question, big guy? Thanks, Richie. Uh, Marlon, I just want to say, man, you are the funniest dude. Um, I appreciate your gifts and your talents. And I saw you at Caroline's last year, and you left me rolling. <laughs> and my wife was just, like, having the best time. So I just want to thank oh, you good. for entertaining us and your gifts. Um, but my question to you, thank honestly, you. is two-part. You're welcome, King. Um, how do you – I know you talk about – and you talk to us a little bit about, obviously, when I've seen you. I've seen you a lot um, about, obviously, being a single father and, and your roles with your children. Um, how, do you, how do you use that – to motivate your will to go and do what you do every day? Um, they're my inspiration and my motivation. I want my kids to have a great life. I want my kids, I want, as a black father, I want my kids to have a white life. Like I want them to, 
Yep, I, I want them saying. to have all the money. I want yep. them to have the silver spoon. I want them to be bougie. I want them to be young kings or, or young princes. Like, why shouldn't they? I'm going to work right. hard so they can have a life that I never had. I want to be able to, I want to be able to leave them millions of dollars. I want, I want them to be lucky like fucking Donald Trump. Lucky. Like, right. <laughs> we ain't got to do shit. Like, why, why they got to struggle? They don't. Right. I want them to, I want them to be much smarter than me. So I sent them to the best schools. They're right. super articulate. They're, they, they, they know things about culture that I didn't learn until I was like 38. My son knows what Wagyu tastes, Wagyu steak tastes like. Like, and my son knows a, a difference between an Audemars and a Rolex. He, know, he, knows the, he knows a culture that I, I couldn't even wrap my head around because he's being raised like, oh, I'm supposed to be rich. Oh, I'm supposed to live this lifestyle. Oh, stocks? I know about stocks. Well, here's, I know about business. I know I want, yo, when you get, graduate college, what's the business you want to start? Do it. Show me your business plan. All right. Here's what's missing. Okay. You willing to work your ass off? I bet. Let's start that business. It fails. Here's why it failed. Let's start something new. Like, you know, it is rich dad, poor dad. You know, it's rich is a state of mind. And success is a state of mind. That's why I'm not a fan of public schools because it's like going to jail every day and you're just fighting for survival. We need to change our school systems. Poverty is a state of mind. I grew up in a prison in the projects in New York City. And it wasn't until my brother Keenan went to California and he came back and he bestowed on us the jewels of what it is to be successful. And it's a mentality. And so I'm inspired to be my greatest me so my kids can be their greatest them. If I leave you, if I leave you five million, I want you to take that five and make it 50. And you leave that to yours, and I want them to take that 50 and make it 500. Like that's how we do it. Because I started with nothing, right? So that's my inspiration. And I also think that it's not just about being a single father. I, I think men, we got to do better. It's not about being a single father. I'm not a single father. I had a wonderful partner and children's mother. And no, we're not together. But I love that woman as much as I love them kids. That is my family. It's not, no, nah, just the kids. No, 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 no. Right. That is half your DNA and half her DNA. And she's with them more than you're with them. So that's really 70, 30%, 35% your child. So you better love that woman. You better understand that a boy watches how a man is to his mother. A daughter watches how a man is to his mother. And that sets the tone of how they're going to love their significant other. I don't want to raise them in damage. I want to raise them with love. And so you got to make a man's choice, a man's decision to, you got to love the mother, honor her, love her. My, my, my baby mom still got my credit card. She has a better house than me. She has, drives the same car I drive. We never went to court. I never, never put divorce and never talked about lawyers and all that. I just, I, I, when her dad died, I said, I got you for life. And I won't let any woman or anything come in here and tell me how to take care of that woman that I chose to take care of because that's my family. So don't just honor your kids, honor the mother. 100%. Uh, I mean, those are truth bombs. And um, yeah, you know, there's one thing I gotta say is that, uh, if Marlon, I gotta say it one more time, is rich is a state of mind. 
you know, one of the things yeah. I love always when I've hung up with Marlon is uh, when my son graduated from school and I said to him, hey, listen, he, he's not all that good in math. And he says, look, man, I, I mean, you don't need to count. He goes, I can count to a million. And I did that several times over. You'll learn, you know, just be diligent, stay in school, do the work. And it's always about that same thing, but state of mind. Goodness gracious, Marlon. Thank you so much. Thanks for that question, Mantel. I appreciate you, big guy. You thank got you, brother. See you, Caroline. No problem. <laughs> Soon as hey, this well, I'm getting ready to move to Florida, so I'm still going to have to catch you wherever you go to next. Oh, so, what part of Florida? Uh, family's down in South Florida. I'm a real estate broker, so I'm going down to be closer to family because COVID's kind of messed up my mindset, man. I got to I gotta be closer to my family, man. It's, it's, it's been crazy. Right. I've been loving it up yeah. here, but, you know, I got to get down there to check on my family. What part? My aunts, uncles. Uh, Fort Lauderdale. Oh, good. I'll see you at the uh, improv down there when the you know it. You know it. You know it. Most, right. most, most definitely. Most definitely. All right. Or the Jackie Gleason Theater. I'll be Jackie there. Jackie Gleason I as well. You know out there. You I'm know it. I'll sure. be looking. I'll be there wherever you are. All right, boy. Appreciate you. you sound a little creepy, but yes. Yeah, <laughs> I'm in your drawers. I'm in your drawers. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I, I, I've never realized how awkward my humor can get when I hang out with Marlon because I try to be funny and it comes out awkward. So I'm, you, I'm not going to You just bomb all the time. I'm, I, and when you, you're not terrible. You're like one for every 20 jokes. You'll get a good one. But you got to try, right? Then he, then he makes fun of what I dress and my short size and all that kind of you're, stuff. So. No, I don't make fun of the way you dress. I, I just don't think a man should have camel toes. So what I would suggest is that you wear slightly bigger shorts. It's weird. I got you. I'm grateful that you're looking, but I'm, but I'm taking. Listen, I, got, well, I'm not looking. It it finds me. <laughs> so I'm just losing it now. So so Naran Kalathungam from Toronto, Ontario, Canada. What's up, Naran? You got Marlon Wayans here, man. Hey, thank you, Rich, and thank you for welcoming us into your circle of uh, friends, uh, Marlon. What an honor to talk to you, uh, especially you. to follow the conversation that Rich wears shorts where you can see a camel toe. I mean, that's it's something crazy. Rich, you and I are going to have to have a chat about this later. <laughs> but, Let's move on. Yeah, make sure you chat when he got pants on. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, Marlon, you have, uh, I, I love what you say. I love how you say it. And most of all, I love that you've given me uh, almost hernias watching you work, watching your work. Thank you. Right? In laughter. Uh, but I want to ask a more of a serious question. Um, what, what I've noticed is that political correctness right now seems to be like it's hyped up there and i think one of the people that are getting hit the hardest by it are comedians am i imagining this or is are there are there limits placed on comedy by political correctness is that an um attack on free speech or how do you see it how is it landing for you well it's definitely an attack on free speech and i don't think it's really it's not people the cancel culture is really the social media which starts this firestorm and is a bunch of people with no real faces with fake profiles these are bots it's not even real people and the bots on social media start this campaign and the stupid media picks up on it and it makes it this whole big firestorm that it doesn't have to be um i'm always going to speak my mind i i've always been you know first of all i'm an equal opportunity offender um, so everybody gets it, including myself. Um, I've learned that the one thing people can't take from you, one thing people can't um, um, uh, try to counsel you for is your truth. My truth is my truth. 
And so if I talk about me, you know, this is my experience. Who are you to tell me what to feel about my experience? So um, I, I personally, uh, somebody's unmute, unmuted and they're making noise. Um, I personally don't give a shit. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna speak in, my, in a zone and I'm not gonna be irresponsible with how I talk, but I'm gonna speak my truth. And if you don't like it, well, there's the door, you can walk out. I'm, you know, I'm not holding you hostage. I, here's your $40 back, go, go buy nigga. But I'm, I'm gonna be me because that's comedy and, you know, First Amendment. And I feel like a lot of, you know, social media has opened us up to all these other countries that don't have the same freedoms trying to muzzle us. And, and we have to own the First Amendment, freedom of fucking speech. And I'll, I'll live and die on that sword. So it is what it is. If you get your feelings hurt, you don't have to see my movies. You don't have to see my shows. You can turn the channel. You are free to do whatever the fuck you want. But I'm here trying to make people laugh. And sometimes I'm going to say some dumb shit. Sorry. No, we got you. We feel you. And uh, there's one thing Marlon does. He talks straight and gets straight to the point. No, no cutting corners. Thanks, Duran, for that question, big guy. Thank hey, we got, uh, we got Kaya all the way in from the state of Florida. What's up, Kaya? You've got Marlon here. Hi. Hi. I am trying to find you. I'm here. I see I'm Katie, but I, I see Rachel. Hi, Bye. Katie and Rachel. I'm looking for Kaya. I'm here. I see Leah. Where you oh at? My God. Stop it. I'm like the loudest person in the room always. Yeah, but I got a room with four squat with four uh, things. So swipe right. Swipe right. Mm. Here, I'll do this. I'll put on the, uh, it may not work though. I can put on speaker. It's fine. Before. It's fine. I'll start talking. Is that okay? Go ahead, darling. Okay, go. All right. So first of all, I'm from the Roberto Clemente project in Brooklyn, by the way. I grew up on 50. Hey. So I get it. Re represent. Let me tell you. So people always, they're like, but you don't, you don't talk like that. And I'm like, yeah, I had to work on that. So I actually. Yeah, just, you don't, you don't sound New York. Because most New Yorkers sound like this. Yeah, listen. New York. You don't listen. Sound mad? like New York. That sounds like New York. Push a couple of buttons and hold the elevator. Comes right up. You know, it's like. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Like, uh, who definitely from the PJ. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Yeah, yeah. Yes, Kaya says swipe right. Okay, so I have a couple of things I wanted to ask you. One was serious, but the other. Hi, one Kaya. I see you now. Hi. All right. Hi. I just drove to New York, and I just came back, and I went to All see right. my sister in Fort Greene. So I live in Fort Lauderdale. Okay. And this is like a little touchy, but I know I can bring it up with you. So in Fort Lauderdale, you have BLM flags everywhere. Yep. Candles everywhere. And I felt like I was home because I grew up in the projects and the color of your skin didn't matter because right. we were just surviving. Right. We were all just surviving. We were all one color, poor. Color, poor. Poor has no color. <laughs> People don't understand. Like when I went to school, we had the yellow cheese and the white bread. <laughs> like that was exactly. it. And everybody just, everybody's grandparents or parents were from a different country. So anyway, so what I noticed was where I live in Fort Lauderdale now, there is no, no shouting. There is no, nobody has that voice. And I sometimes wonder if I've ended up in a place that is so young for America mm. as 
and people escape wherever they're from to come here and people are afraid but in new york there's a brotherhood and there's just this like people aren't afraid it's like you're gonna arrest me you're gonna arrest three people next to me i'm not mm -hmm. afraid so i wanted to ask you you said you just got back from philly and you were in la yeah. How are you seeing the different cities and the representation of people finding their voices and speaking up? Well, I think the more cluttered the city, the, the, more, um, the more you're gonna hear the voices. New York, we're on top of each other. New York is just a melting pot. You, it's the only place where literally you have blacks, whites, Hasidic Jews, Puerto Ricans, Dominicans, you know, Asians, like all white, all different kinds of white, Italians, all thrown together. We are forced to integrate. Yeah. The rest of the, like, Philly is similar. Um, uh, Chicago, uh, you know, LA is not like that, but we found time to all get together and do the marching. I think Florida is a, a different place, and it is, you know, it, it People don't really, Miami, I could see that happen. But a lot of that's kind of spread out. If they march, people ain't know where they're marching to. Um, I think there are people in Florida that's down for, for that kind of cause. And then there's some people with old values in Florida. And so am I going to judge those people? If that's where they go to escape, y'all do that. And I respect that. But me and mine, it's important to us. We're going to march. We're gonna make it a movement. So instead of be a part of making the culture happen, instead of looking and just going, man, this ain't this ain't happening. Well then, organize. Go get a yellow paintbrush and write Black Lives Matter in the street. Like you know, but don't expect. I don't have no expectations of nobody. And I think living in this country, what I've learned is to agree to disagree and still have respect for all my brothers and sisters. You have the right to think and feel how you want, no matter how stupid it is. Now, we may not be close like that, or we may come to the fence and have a conversation, and you learn something about my culture, and I learn something about your culture. And over time, that fence starts to come down. What was great about this whole movement is this was not about black and blue. This was about hate versus love. And I seen so much love that I was inspired to see. You know, when I look over and I'm marching, I see for Black Lives Matter, I see white people marching with me. I see Asians and little people, like everybody's like, yo, we on team love. And I think we all need more of that because, you know, we're raised in fear. I can't, sometimes you can't be, I can't be mad at a racist in a way because they were raised that way. They were programmed that way. And it takes, as long as it took to program them, it's going to take to deprogram them. But you can't be mad at them. It's just the way they're raised. Over time, we'll get rid of it. But it's a process. And the only thing I could do is infect people with love, positivity, and happiness. Because maybe I take a racist and make him my best friend. And he's like, what the fuck was I thinking about? But, you know, you, you being part of the infection, not a part of the, you know, the affection, not a part of the infection. And that actually brings me to my second part of the question. Damn, that was a, you got another question? Shit. Yeah. You Dude. got long ass answers. 
Yeah, my, my questions are short. I'm kidding. My answers are long. Good. That's how we want it. So the next okay. part of the question was, so essentially it falls on you because you have established yourself as a comedian. You said that you want to live on forever and making people smile. So when does Marlon get real time? When there's no way that people don't have darkness or sadness, does it hit you and how does it affect you and how do you cope with it? Is that too much? I don't put everything I do on social media. I'm not that guy, right? I have my life. You, if I have something funny to post, I'll post it. I'm promoting something, I'll post. But for the most part, you know, I do live my life. Like I have private time with my kids. I don't post everything we do. That's my safety. My, that's my getaway, my kids. I'll go to like somewhere and lay low. Like I just went to Tulum by myself for 14 days and just chilled. I'll go to one of my buddies' house, and my buddies will come over to my house, and we'll just hang out. I'm not always working, but when you're out and about, I'm a star, and I realize that I can't clock out when I'm in public. When I'm in public, I have a 24-hour job. So when I'm eating, people's going to come up and be like, hey, can I get an autograph? And I'm going to respectfully say, after I eat, or if I'm with my kids, just give me a second. Let me wrap up with my kids, and then I'll take a picture with you. Or if I'm busy, I'll be like, one second. Um, but for the most part, I'm a friendly dude. I'm only me because of y'all. So I can't sit on a pedestal and think I'm better than anybody. But there's times I don't want to be bothered. There's times, you know, my mama died. I don't, I'm in the hospital. I don't, I don't, I just can't take a picture with you right now. I'm hurting. Thank you. But not now. And you just got people, either they understand or they don't. But at the end of the day, you have to own that you're human. But you have to give effort and you have to be approachable and you have to give back because you're only as great as the people that support you. And if you know that, you can't be mad. You know, if I'm a, it's like a fireman being mad. He got to run into a burning building. You fucking chose that job. You have to love it, right? It's the same thing with me as an as a, as a actor, writer, producer, comedian. I'm, I'm, I want to be one of the biggest stars in the world. You know what that comes with that? A lot of fucking fans. And I can't be mad that they want attention. And if I want to be away from it, then go somewhere where nobody's at. But I can't be mad. I'm not going to let it disrupt my happiness. I know what I signed up for. That's why I practiced my signatures at, when I was in you know, kindergarten. I knew that's what I was signing up for. Let's get it. That's cool, man. Keeping it real. Keeping it real. I heard that you just didn't know how to sign your name, so you have to keep writing it as a form of discipline. But anyways, who's keeping track? Um, do you have time for a handful more, Marlon? Because people are loving this. The, Go for it. The chat room is blowing up. People are loving you. I mean, Belgium's in the house. Germany's in the house. Dubai. We've got people in from Dubai. Kuwait. I've um, been to every one of those places that you just named. I've been to Kuwait. I've been to Dubai. I've been to Germany. I haven't been to Belgium yet. We got to take it to Belgium. We're going to get... Well, speaking of Belgium, we got Tsunami here and his family in from Belgium. What's up, Tsunami in Belgium? You got Marlon. Hello. Hi. <laughs> Hi, Tsunami. So, How you doing? I'm doing fine. It's my daughter, Hello, who, daughter. who wants, who has a... Go for it. What? Tsunami, you just muted yourself. You're all... You have to Sorry. unmute yourself. There you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. So, um, yes. So, um... I wanted to ask you, um, I've read your biography and stuff, and 
it always says what you've done and um, all the things you've uh, been in and all those things, but it never said how did you get there. So my question is, um, where did you start? Like, where did you start looking? For example, uh, your, uh, your, as your life as a, an actor, like, where did you start looking? Did someone come and tell you, oh, there's an audition right there? Or did you go no, look for I yourself? Was, I was very lucky in that I had four brothers and a sister that preceded me in Hollywood. I always wanted to be an actor before my brothers even wanted to be actors and comedians. Like I, I knew this is what I wanted to do. And so I, I always auditioned for every play and I always got the lead role unless I turned it down because I didn't like it and I did the second lead. Um, I did that in Oliver Twist. I was like, I think it's a degrading role. I don't like the way they're treating Oliver Twist. I'm gonna be Mr. Bumble. Um, I've always, it's all preparation. I've always known I was gonna do this at a young age. So I auditioned for every play. I went to performing arts high school. I started writing stand-up comedy when I was 11. I watched every TV show from way back in the, the 50s from I Love Lucy to The Honeymooners. I'd stay up at night watching it, learning Joke math. Every Sunday, I watched Abbott and Costello and the Three Stooges with my brother. Watch every Looney Tune uh, cartoon back in the day because Bugs Bunny was one of the greatest comedians because he did characters, he told jokes, he was political, um, he had great situations. There was great characters in Looney Tunes. There was great voices. The animation. So I just became a student at a young age. How old are you? I'm 15. I just turned 15. Right. So if you want to do it, then every day you got to work toward that dream. And then one day you got to move toward the opportunity when you're ready and you have all of the tools and you are ready. Then you move to where there's opportunity. And now that you have the science down and you have, you move to a place where there's opportunity, success is very simple. It's preparation meets opportunity equals success. So prepare, 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 prepare. Stay a student, learn everything you can, and every time you think you know it all, go learn something new in your art form. I went from being an actor to learning to write movies, to learning to produce movies, to learn how to write TV shows, to write and sketch, to uh, 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 doing stand-up comedy. I started stand-up comedy at 38, really, because I really, Felt like in order to get to that next level, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta own stand-up comedy. Eddie Murphy blew up like that. Richard Pryor blew up like that. You know, Kevin blew up like that. Like I'm like, okay, I gotta add something new to my game. So stay a student, stay hungry, always work towards your craft every day. Don't party and all that other stuff. Yeah, be social. But if something funny happens or something hurts you, write it down. Turn your broken heart into art. Always. So start now. That was big. Thank you very much, Marlon. You're welcome. Tsunami's so good. We got a final one here from Victoria. Victoria, what's up, darling? You got Marlon Wayans here. Hi, Marlon. How are you? Hi, Victoria. How you doing? You the one that wasn't on mute. Mm-mm-mm-mm, girl. No, not me. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> Listen, um, I know you come from a very talented family. 
So how hard was it for you to like make your name stand out so that everyone won't say, hey, that's Sean brother, that's Kim brother, that's Keenan brother. How hard was that? And also if you can tell us what does 10X mean to you? Uh, I don't know what 10X means. Really? I never heard of it. What is it? How you never heard of it and you're Richie's friend? What is it? Okay, so you know, you know, you know it, it's it's the size of my shorts I generally wear. That's why it's a bit of a it's a bit of a soft spot for all of us now on this phone call. But what is ten X? Question, you weirdo. What's that? Ten extra small. Uh, what, what is ten X? Well, as you may or may not recall, ten X is the standard we all live up to and through. It's my good dear friend Grant Cardone who wrote the book called Ten X Rule. And it's why that tenant, whoops, that 10X over there is there. It's, it's why 10X is something that a lot of us uh, champion. This house right here, all these folks are a lot of students of the 10X work. But um, okay. as you guys can now appreciate and get, because you stole my thunder, Victoria, because I was going to get to a 10X conversation with them shortly. Um, but it's okay. You let it out of the bag. Let's get your question first. The question was, how um, does... I think the, the, to stand out, you have to, I, I, I just, I stood in. I wasn't eager to break out. I wasn't eager to um, try to be something different. I just, I, I just was me. You know, there's, I realized that there's, I have a hand, there's five fingers. Each one has a different function. It's the same thing with my family. I know, I've always uh, known my, what I do. And I realized the more work that you do, the more you create who you are, the work is what you become. Um, so I don't have a standard for myself in that way. Like I gotta be zany or I gotta be physical or I gotta be the dramatic actor. I just gotta be everything that I am. And that's hopefully what will make me stand out. But even if I didn't stand out and I stood in, I'm still amongst a bunch of greats. And I'm so happy and so blessed to be in my family, to be a Wayans. that's my tribe. And I, I donated all of me to weigh-ins with pride for the first 25 years of my career. And the last seven years has been me dedicating myself to now Marlon. And, you know, life happens to where you break away. Me and my brothers, we didn't say, I'm not working with you no more. We just stopped working together. Everybody started doing their own thing. And God gave me this opportunity to go be me. And after 25 years of working with my brothers, I know who I am. I've always known who I am. I have different opinions than them. And I don't mind going, no, I think you're wrong. I don't think we should do that because of this. And I always look at uh, the Godfather. What I love most about Michael was that he had a different journey than his brothers. Man, Michael went to the army. He didn't want to be a part of the family business. He wanted to become his own man. And then he got thrusted into this world that he didn't want to be in. And he was able to bring all of who he was to the family. And he became Michael. And that's what I feel like. I feel like I went to college for two, three years. My brother Sean was like, what are you doing? Just join the family. I said, no, I want to be Marlon. I have to learn to be me. I love you, but I'll see you in a year or two. But I, I need this for me. You going back to school because you're in love with that girl? I said, no, I'm going back to school because I don't know who I am and I just need this for me. And I love you, but I'll see you in a couple of years. 
And those are the things that define you. You know what I mean? It's like I could have did maybe seven different movies before I chose to do Mo Money, which is crazy because the first movie I do is a movie with my big brother. But that's the only script I really liked. I was up for Juice. I was up for Fathers and Sons. I, there was like literally seven movies. I was like, eh, I'm going to go back to college. That would get. But Mo Money, I felt like that role, oh, I could kill that. And, even, and I'm working with my brother who's a legend to me. I'm like, and I had to audition for it and I went and got it. But I know, I've been known who I was and that's one of the other reasons why I started doing stand-up comedy because for me, it's about my point of view. Like I wanna shape my point of view. I, I wanna know what I think, what is, what is my feelings on this and how do I articulate this into something funny? So yeah, standing out, I'm not worried about that. I'm just, I'm, I'm just worried about expressing and working my, working as hard as I can at the pace that I like to work at and do the things that I love to do. And it's shaping me into who Marlon is. Marlon's a guy that can do everything from physical comedy to drama, to Shakespeare, to, you know, to you name it, to romance, to action, like I do it all. And that's what makes me me. And I don't want to compete with my family. I just want to be the best version of myself that I could be. Hey, guys, you know, you've had uh, Marlon Wayans here for the betterment of an hour. I mean, in between travels. Give him some love there in the chat room. Let him know that uh, you appreciate him. You got him. You've learned something. I mean, as, as I'm going here, the, here's the short version of what you've said in the time that we've been together. And I'll reserve the right maybe just to one final question about what you're most excited about next, Marlon. But, but, but here's what I've heard you say. You're, you're, you're a doer, plain and simple. Uh, you got yep. one shot in life, so take it. Uh, rich yep. is a state of mind, and poor ain't got no color. I heard you go on to say that we all got to be on the team love. You got to stand out and stand in. You got to stay hungry. You got to prepare like as though you are as great as only those you are supporting, and you got to turn your broken heart into art. I mean, that, that is some serious gold coming from your 48 years of uh, being on this planet being a father, being a leader, being all the things that you are. So tell us, Marlon, what's got you excited most as you look forward and uh, to the horizon? Ah, well, first of all, every time you say you're 48, I swear to God, I look at my face and I just don't feel 48. I look and I go, I'm 20 something, but I am 48. I'm a young 48. And I feel like as long as I've been doing this, my best years are ahead of me. Like now I got two great projects coming up. I have uh, uh, On The Rocks, where you're going to see a completely different side of me. It's uh, a leading leading man. Uh, I play a good guy. And um, I work with Bill Murray, Rashida Jones, and the great Sofia Coppola. It's a beautiful, funny, sweet movie. I think you all will love it. It's going to be on Apple TV October 23rd and in theaters. Um, and then I have On uh, Respect, uh, which is the Aretha Franklin biopic. And I play the villain. I play the bad guy. I play the abusive ex-husband. Uh, Ted White, who, um, you know, helps catapult Aretha to fame and tries to drag her down at the same time. And um, it's a darker role. It's something nobody would expect from me or, or you're going to be like, Marlon? And it's, it's also, he's, he's everything. He's, he's, he's uh, romantic. He's, uh, he's, he's dangerous. He's uh, charming. He's a pimp. He's so many different things. A player. He's so many different things. And I get to play him all and showcase all these different parts of me. And he's the romantic lead as well. So I'm, I'm, 
I'm, I'm excited for that one to come out. That comes out January, uh, Martin Luther King weekend. And there's some great performances. It's a beautiful movie. And, you know, I always say my best years are ahead of me. And I truly feel like as long as I've been here, I think I'm starting to arrive. You, you are. And I mean, that's why there's, there's Oscar buzz synonymous with your name. Um, and how does that make you feel? I don't know. I, I, I'm so busy working that I can't, I never celebrate because I'm so busy working. Um, I feel like when you start celebrating, you start feeling yourself. I don't want to feel myself. I, I get more excited about just doing the work. It's great to be acknowledged for your work, um, especially after, as long as I've been doing it, that I'm starting to hit a stride. And it took me 30 years to come into my own. It took you know, I logged my 10,000 hours. And so, you know, success is on the horizon and it feels great, but it's not going to distract me from knowing that if I ever, if I do get buzz and I do win a statue, well, that's when the work really begins. Now you got to work five times as hard as you did before. Getting there is one thing. Staying there takes at least three times as much work. Hmm. So, Ain't that the truth? Ain't that the truth? So talking about work, I know you've got probably plenty to get to. Uh, yeah, I have a conference call happening right uh, in a second. I, I was supposed to read a script, but I did this with you and said hi to the people instead. And I got 20 minutes to read a script before I got a meeting. Knowing you, man, you're going to compress them. This is exactly where 10X will serve you because you're going to do it even faster knowing that you're going to be inspired by a 10X velocity. Marlon, I love you. I'm grateful to call you a friend. I'm humbled too, to have you in my world. Um, and, you, and, you, and you swell my heart up with a lot of love for the fact that I'm oh, so grateful I know a human being like you is in my corner. My guy, keep killing them. Let's get it. I appreciate you guys. Be well, man. Thanks for tuning into Courageous Conversations with Richard Dolan. We're on all the major podcast platforms, and we appreciate your support by reviewing us. You can follow our show at The Rich World on many social media channels. We hope that listeners like yourself enjoyed this episode. And remember to subscribe via Apple Podcasts or whatever other streaming services are available. Because we cannot wait to bring you more valuable content that can make a difference in your life.